Big game in Baltimore, Maryland this Sunday. The Detroit Lions are coming in town to take on the Baltimore Ravens. As a Detroit Lions fan, I am extremely psyched for this game. I'm considering going to the game. I, If I'm going to go to the game, though, I don't know about y'all. I don't like to go to especially football NFL games and just, just to say that I'm there. I want to be there. I want to be in, like, the the middle of the the stadium as close to the field as possible so I can see exactly what's going on on both sides of the field. Um, and so I'm going to pay a pretty penny if I plan on going. And those tickets are like $300. I don't know about y'all, but I am not about to pony up $300 for a ticket to one game. I don't know. Call me cheap or whatever. But we're going to dive into the game. Today, we're going to talk about um, X, formerly known as Twitter, talk about them and uh, possibly charging customers and what that might mean um, for us in the future, those of us that do use X still. About choosing um, your closest friends and keeping those people around you and weeding them out when maybe um, they're not serving you anymore. I know that sounds a little uh, uh, harsh, but we'll discuss Give, uh, we'll talk about a little poker, a movie review. I saw Killers of the Flower Moon. I'll give you the review on that. And we'll dive into um, sports bets in that Detroit Lions game. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of All in Society. This is episode number 50. It's crazy. Episode number 50. I've been doing three episodes a week um, since the middle of this year consistently every once in a while I might drop it maybe a couple minutes late um but even if I'm out and about and I haven't already pre-recorded something earlier that day I am making an effort this is what I'm doing and I'm staying consistent to giving you guys three episodes a week regardless of the attendance how many downloads this is therapeutic for me and um it's it's something i enjoy doing and i think it's going to be beneficial in the future uh, once i'm able to build out the the society the all-in society and i onboard uh new players and existing players and we're all coming together around the country around the globe to talk poker finance and health and I want to expand that, guys. This is not just a poker podcast. This is about our personal finance, as I just said. I want us getting to the market, into real estate, into crypto, because I believe crypto is going to be something um, that is going to impact our future, if not our the next generation's future. Um, so that's that's my plan. If you are on with that, um, stay tuned. Please check out my website, www.allinsociety.com, A-L-L-N-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y.com. You can find the link in the episode description of this podcast episode, episode number 50. And also, please check out my YouTube show. It is called All In Society and Friends. You can go to YouTube and search All In Society and Friends, and I should pop right up. As long as well as the other videos that I have created, um, I guarantee you'll enjoy that. It is exactly what it sounds. It's pretty much this podcast, but in video format. And I bring on um, f- friends, um, family members, um, entrepreneurs. Um, just specifically, I've brought on Yasser. He is a World Series of Poker bracelet winner. Um, if you are a poker player and you play poker tournaments, that is something that every poker 
tournament player once is a World Series of Poker bracelet. So he talks about his experience with that. Um, Derek Prillman, he is an author and somebody that has gone through a lot at a very young age. Um, he has a book, um, definitely an amazing read, an amazing story. Definitely tune out, uh, tune into that and check out that episode. I've also had um, Stefan on. He is a he is a poker player and um, somebody that I've um, developed a friendship with um, as my time here in Maryland and working at MGM National Harbor. I'm not currently there anymore, but my time working there and after my time, um, I enjoy talking sports with him and amongst other things. And just the most recent episode this past Tuesday, we had Carl Gray on. Carl is a business consultant. Somebody can definitely help if you are a small business owner and um, just need to network and maybe just someone to talk to about how to um, your systems and maybe even finances and how to um, get things rolling. Um, Carl is a great asset. Somebody you should definitely tap into. He has a lot, uh, plenty of products and services that could definitely help you guys out. Um, so definitely tune into all of those episodes at your leisure. Um, please download all of these episodes. Please share them with your friends and family. And if you enjoy the All in Society and Friends, make sure you subscribe to my page. Make sure you share and like all the episodes and a comment as well. Also, if you want to see my daily um activities you can check me on instagram it's at all underscore i n underscore cp2 new episodes of this podcast drop every monday wednesday and friday monday and wednesday i give it to you at 8 p.m eastern and on friday i give it to you at 5 p.m eastern all right today's topics so we're going to start off um not really too heavy but i want to discuss um choosing your closest friends and um, and why it's so important, and I'll kind of give you an example, and we'll head start with the example. And so, uh, and I'll bring this, and I'll relate it to poker. So in 2015, and I'll go back to this because this was really one of my most enjoyable years of my life. Um, I was traveling around as a poker dealer, and I and I was playing cards as well, and I did really good, and I was successful, and. At least in my, from my perspective, I did really good. I haven't had that type of a year um, since then. I'm hoping that I can do that next year and really take it to another level. So definitely stay tuned to that. We're playing, um, traveling and playing some poker tournaments in Tunica, Mississippi at the World Series of Poker there. Um, the end of this year, December, I'm going to the Bahamas to play a, um, a large buy-in, a $1,500 um, buy-in tournament in the Bahamas. Hopefully I do well there as well so definitely stay tuned if you enjoy um watching my poker progress and or just enjoy um just watching me and my my day-to-day um but getting back to the example um so harris cherokee in north carolina um they have a world series of poker stop and so throughout traveling that year i befriended some of the poker players and they were they were better players than myself and I traveled with them. We got a cabin in the woods and it was definitely, if not even, it wasn't just one of my most memorable vacations or trips, um, like poker trips, but just in my life, it was most, one of the most memorable, um, trips and the most fun and also most lucrative because I made good money that trip. Um, I believe I've cashed for five figures in a tournament. Um, one of my, so one of my buddies, um, his name is Tyler, uh, Tyler Morris. Um, and we've talked every and now and then, um, but I haven't had a chance to link back up with them. I'll have to definitely, re, uh, reach out 
to him for sure. Um, but he, I think he organized everything. We had a cabin and like I said, with some other poker players and there was one event specifically, and I believe it was a six max event. And it was one of the a six max tournament, typically a tournament, um, poker tournament. You'll sit like 10, nine handed. Well, 10 pre COVID was what we used to sit. Now it's typically like nine or eight handed, um, for, but for this one, it was, uh, you just sit with six players at the table. And so we ended up making it to the final table. I think Tyler won it, and I took third place. I should, should have took second place, but I got kind of stupid, um, making dumb moves I w- was not necessary. We were literally buddies, and we were t- um, three-handed for a uh, World Series of Poker ring. I got a line, and we literally could have probably just waited for this guy to get knocked out in third place, and I would have took second place. But, you know, we're not getting into that. The reason why I bring up this um, example is because, like I said, these players were better than myself and just picking their brains that for that time they were there, maybe just like a week, it, I grew exponentially just picking their minds like, what do you do in these spots Um, and just preparation to the game, Um, their mental, um, how do they, you know, handle um, like stress and things like that. There was so much that I learned in that trip that I took and um, utilized in the future. Um, and just that short amount of time, it really grew my, my game and just, I, I, I instilled so much confidence in me. And I think from that day on, I kind of looked at things differently um, and, um, and really took poker seriously. and was like, I can really do this, but I, what I needed to do is continue to be around those folks. So I continue to make uh, progress and um, improving my game on and off the uh, on and off on and off the felt, um, and that is your preparation as far as like studying and working on things that you're maybe not the greatest at your weaknesses in your game, and then when you're on the table, you know, just implementing that um, when it's time when you know you're supposed to make a bluff, but it's you know it's that means you're going to have to put all your chips in the middle um, in order to do so, and the and there's a chance that someone calls you and you lose all your chips. But if it's the right play, you got to make the right play. Um, put the emotions aside. Put the the thought process of the thought of losing money aside. You make the optimal play. Um, and so things like that is, is I, I wanted to kind of use that as an example in your in your in your life. Are the you do you have friends that are around you that are they're really not doing anything? They're not serving you any purpose of them in your life other than maybe mooching off of you or just keeping you where you are. You need people in your life. Well, I believe you need people in life that are doing maybe more than you or people that you look up to um, as like mentors and something to, um, you know, strive for. Cause if we're all in the same, um, you know, playing field and it's, we all know the same thing, how are we going to develop or um, get better unless one of us out of our group, you know, takes it upon themselves and takes that initiative and then decides, Hey, I learned this and I want to share it with all you guys. Well, no, I, I think you should always have somebody that is maybe like one step ahead of you. And I think that's the reason why when I was younger, I always gravitated towards people that were older than me. I didn't like really hanging out with the folks around my age. I always learned from um, the older folks and I always had like a old soul, I guess you want to say, um, and kind of quiet, kept to myself, um, introverted. And, um, and I think that, uh, was advantageous, um, at a young age that I kind of learned, um, to kind of slow things down as we're young, we we're kind of moving fast. Right. And we, we 
we act first and think about the repercussions after the fact. Um, so I just, I just wanted to bring that up. I think it's a great um, conversation to have and something for all of us to look at. Even, to be quite honest with you, even your, if now if you're married and this is your, your wife or, or your significant other, you know, and, and you might feel this way, like this person's like holding you back or you guys are just kind of like on the same level well maybe get another couple that um is maybe a little bit better than you and you guys can build together or if you can't talk to that your significant other one-on-one and kind of say hey we need to kind of level this up a little bit or maybe it's a uh and i don't you know i don't want to start nothing but maybe if you're looking at your your other your partner significant other your boyfriend girlfriend whatever the case may be and they're like this person's not really serving me um maybe it's time to to make some decisions, some hard decisions. Um, I know me personally, uh, <laughs> I was in a relationship and I flat out told somebody, I said, Hey, I, I don't believe that you are who, who I need you to be in my life. And they basically said, okay, I'm going to move on, move forward. So, I mean, what am I, I can't be upset. Right. I basically said, Hey, you're, not what I need you to be. Um, if we want this things want if if we're gonna want this thing to work and want this to be productive and a positive and a healthy relationship, I'm gonna need A, B, C, and D. And because from my perspective, I felt that I was doing everything. Now, am I perfect? No. And uh, they can come back and say, "All right, well, if I'm gonna do this, you need to do this." Um, and then hopefully you have a partner and says and can take that hard, you know, pill to swallow and say, "Yeah, you're right," or or I look at it from this perspective. Um, if I work on this, you work on that and you guys can move forward. Then, you know, you got somebody, if you can look somebody in your eye that you sleep with, you eat with, and you, you know, you go through life on a day-to-day basis and they, you can, you can have that open, honest dialogue and conversation communication and they're not in their feelings and they're like, like yeah, no, you're attacking me and stuff like that. You got a real one. You got a good one. You holding that to that person and you move forward even when you're maybe not at where you want to be. But if you have somebody and you feel like you can do more and you tell that to that person and a, they just jump ship. Well, good. That, I mean, that means you did what you were supposed to do. You gave them, you, you said, Hey, this is my truth. This is where I am. Um, I'm going to need you to do this to do that. Now it's up to them to believe, was this reasonable accommodations or is this not something I'm willing to do? Now that's on them that they're going to live their life the way they want to live. But at the end of the day, you know, you came into this world by yourself and you're going to leave this world for the most part by yourself. Right. So do what's best for you in your well-being and your family. And I know like if this is, you know, if you have families and things where there's other, <laughs> you may, you kind of end too deep. Maybe you have to do what you got to do and you keep kind of keep that person where they are and you keep them, you know, keep them where they are and you move forward. Um, maybe by finding a mentor or someone else to kind of help you move forward. And maybe you can eventually bring that person along. Um, but I know this isn't, it wasn't easy and it wasn't definitely wasn't easy for me. Um, cause you, when you get to that point, a lot of the times you've been with that person for X amount of time and it's kind of like, all right, well, well, let's go now. Um, but if that person's not willing or feels like they're giving you a hundred percent or it's just like, no, I'm not, I'm not with change. Then that's, you're going to have to, you're going to have to deal with that. Um, I know I'm, 
I'm happy and I'm going to deal with it because I know that I know what I bring. Um, and it's not just, this has nothing to do with relationships. I know what I bring to the table as far as a friendship. Um, just in the basics, as far as a friendship, I'm somebody that's loyal. I'm someone that you can trust. Um, and I'm not somebody that, to be honest with you, I don't give people a lot of time of the day in the first place. So you know that if I give you the time of the day, I pick up the phone or I answer text messages um, to you that you get my time and I value your, you know, value our relationship, whatever the case may be. I'm in it. I'm with you. Uh, I'm a real one. But don't get it twisted. Like if I'm, I'm a, I'm a poker player. If I, I can smell when you're, you know, when I'm being used and abused and, um, and someone's not given the same level, um, of commitment or, or whatever the case is I am. So it kind of, that's kind of where I see life. Um, you always want to have people that are pushing you. You never want to be stagnant or plateau or just like, just be content that is not the way to live life. Life is way too short. And if you have, you know, if you have 10 fingers, 10 toes, you can get up every single day. Um, no problem. You're healthy and you're not going out there and you're giving 110 percent or, you know, living life to the fullest. Like you're you're it's a waste. Because life is so short, there's so many people that have the opportunity that if they have the opportunity to to do the things that you take it uh, granted for on a day to day basis, they'll be out here killing things and changing lives and making you know making things better for people on a on a grand scale, opposed to somebody is just going in and you know just living life, just getting by, not really you know, doing anything to move the needle as far as their life, one way or the other, their family's life, one way or the other, or any other person that they come in contact with, unless it's some monetary reason, right? Like you're getting paid a wage, but no, I just feel like we're, if we're on this planet, um, and we are healthy, um, we financially, we're good. Um, we're healthy. We can go out and about. And if you're not impacting lives, changing lives or trying to make someone's lives better, um, or if you have kids, you know, building them up. Basically, if you're somebody that's single, you have no really responsibility other than yourself. And all you're doing is basically going to work, clocking out, coming home, partying, rinse, repeat, whatever the case may be. Like that's not people I want in my life. I want people that are here to help other people. If not, you know, bettering themselves, um, every single day, pushing the envelope, uh, me, my thing is, and I know I'm going on a long rant, guys, and we'll go on to some of the fun stuff after this. But for me, I my goal is to do whatever I did last, yesterday. I want to, or excuse me, yeah, I take it to yesterday too. But whatever I did last year, I want to top whatever I did last year. This was the goal last year. All right, let's, let's push it up to another level this year. I never want to be stagnant. Now, if you get two years where it's kind of like, all right, especially right now, the economy is kind of, everything's, we're in a kind of a standstill right after the pandemic still is fresh. Um, that's, un, that's understandable, right? Um, but it's, it's, it's time to go now. It's, it's rough times, but we always got to be moving forward. You always got to progress. Can never just be content and getting by. Cause that's when bad things happen. And there's, there's no progress, right? We want we want to progress. We want a better life. We want to obtain and see all the things that are available for us on this um, short amount of time that we're on this planet. 
So live life to the fullest. If that's anything that I say, live life to the fullest and have people around you that can push you and allow you to get the most out of your life out of each and every day. All right. Now, thank you for listening to that. Um, moving on a little bit of information. I saw nothing too crazy, um, but X formerly known as Twitter. Um, they began a test that charges new users a dollar, just $1 annually in order to, and it says in quotes, post and interact with other posts, the company said in recent posts. Um, so this is more so overseas. So the social media platform said Tuesday evening, the move is part of its efforts to combat spam and bot activity. The annual subscription is part of a program the company is calling not a bot and will first be tested in New Zealand and the Philippines. Um, Elon Musk said it is, the company is not planned to um, use a subscription uh, fee model as a, like a profit driver. They're just trying to control the bots. And by this charging this very minuscule amount, um, being see if this is going to kind of expedite those issues um, that they are having and hopefully provide a better experience on X. I, to be quite honest with you, I stopped using Twitter and I don't use X. A lot of the stuff that's on there, I don't think it's positive. Um, and I think we should just go back to be quite honest. Why do I have to go on? If I want to know about the Washington Wizards, why am I going on Twitter to get the Washington Wizards news? I should go on like the Washington Wizards and they should have all their media and everything there. Why are we going to Twitter to get news? That seems asinine to me. I understand like we all of us are stuck on social media and things like that. But no, we should be going directly to the source to get our information, not going to to Twitter and, and reading tweets about what's going on in these companies and other things. I just think, I don't know. I just think we're going backwards. This is kind of silly. In rant. All right, earnings season. Um, I talked about this early in the week. Um, we were talking about Tesla. Tesla earlier in the week uh, before... Before earnings, they were hovering around 250 to like 245, 250 a share. Well, today they closed at 200 and basically $12 a share. So, pretty significant jump. Um, Tesla's still up a decent amount. Uh, I said buying com- previously buying companies, and guys, uh, make sure I'll go over this disclaimer. So, um, you have to end of this conversation and then the podcast I'll always go over disclaimers so just make sure you're mindful of that this is just how I invest I'm not telling anybody to go out here and do anything but this is what I do in my portfolio so I always look for companies that are hovering around their 200 day moving average and that is where Tesla is currently at right now just under I believe 213 was its 200 day uh, moving average um, so I I personally bought a couple of shares right here. I think there's a possibility that it continue to fall a little bit more. So we'll um, we'll see. It looks like also I saw a report that um, Tesla has a recall um, on his vehicles as well. As well, um, so Tesla could very well fall below at to 200 or below. If it does um, dip below 200, I'm probably going to buy a couple more shares then and. And write it out from there. Remember, I am a long-term investor. I'm not somebody that's day trading. Um, I have been moving stuff in and out um, based on my 
not following the rules and buying stuff um, and getting excited. Um, so Palo Alto, I remember, uh, excuse me, in the past I've talked about Palo Alto and cybersecurity companies. Um, I believe they're going to be very profitable here in the future. But right now when the two-year um, treasury yield keeps um, rising, um, a lot of these companies, they're not going anywhere. They'll be going, they're selling off. Um, so Palo Alto, I got it above the 200-day moving average, and it ran up like 9%. So today it was down, let's see, it closed, I think probably around 4 down 4%. I was still up 2%, and I just sold the shares. I only had two shares. It's pretty expensive stock. Um, I was kind of buy, buy and hold. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's probably going to fall to its 200-day moving average, and for that to happen, I was going to, it was going to have the share was, excuse me, the share price is going to have to fall another $40. And I wasn't willing just to watch, you know, the little bit of profits that I had just, even though it's minuscule profits, but I wasn't about to just watch those just get washed away. I was like, I'll just sell this stock and I'll buy it again at a later date in a more, probably a more significant amount at a later date when I'm a lot more comfortable with the price and letting it ride um, more long term. So, just you got to have a plan in place. Same thing as like playing cards, um, especially when I like play tournaments. I always like to have like a plan in place. This is what I'm going to do early, middle, and late stages um, of the tournament, at least pregame. And then obviously you're going to have to change and adapt based on a lot of the factors and variables um, as things go on and you actually plan. Um, but I mean, you should always have a plan for everything, right? Not just kind of like willy nilly. Oh, this looks good to buy. Let's buy this right now. This looks like it's on sale. Let's buy this. Everything that's cheap doesn't mean, um, or everything you think it is great value is not a value stock. You can be in a value trap. Yeah, it's a good price compared to where it was, but if the stock, you look into the fundamentals and the stock is in the fundamentals are telling you, yeah, this company's not going anywhere anytime soon, then yeah, just because it's at a great price, it's at a great price for a reason because it isn't going anywhere. Um, so uh, the reason why I brought up earnings is Netflix. So Netflix, let's pull it up right now. Netflix today. Oh, wow, that's interesting. I thought it was up today. Okay. All right, so I guess it wasn't up today. It was just pretty much it. Already, if it was up, it lost some of its um, shares uh, or some of its gains. So before... Netflix reported, I believe they reported Tuesday as well after hours. Their stock was basically at um, $345, $345. Then they, uh, they reported their earnings this quarter, and it shot up because they had a lot more subscribers than they were believing they were going to have. And so people bought back into it. I'm not a buyer, and this is the reason why. I don't believe that these that the people that these additional subscribers are going to stay along, stay around for long. What Netflix has done is that they've captured the people that are basically freeloading and watching Netflix for free, kind of like myself. <laughs> and they caught them and said, Hey, if you want to continue to watch Netflix, I'm going to charge you this amount. And it's a pretty, um, you know, reasonable amount. And so these people stuck stayed on. But if now answer this question for me, if they weren't paying before, what makes you think that they're going to continue and pay now? 
Is the content that great that people are going to continue and pay for Netflix? No, they're probably going to do like what I did. When Ozark was on, I bought Netflix. And then because Netflix, a lot of times they don't string it out and release episodes every week, kind of like, like Disney Plus does to kind of encourage people to stay um, stay there if your show was... Um, if a new show that you want to watch is released instead of just watching it in all in one shoot and binge watching it over the weekend, you no, know, you have to stay on you have to stay a, a subscriber for two, three months to watch the whole series. Netflix. A lot of times they just give it to you all at once. Now I don't know if they've changed that or not. And I know a lot of people like that. They just like to binge watch and watch it all at once. So that's fine. But if it, I think there's a lot of people like myself and they watch shows on Netflix that, that come and go. They don't have live TV. They don't have sports, even though they're trying to uh, find other creative ways to get into sports that like Netflix restaurant and theme type place that they have. I'm not sure if in California where it is, definitely take a look at that, but I'm just not somebody that's a believer in Netflix. And I kind of posted on this on Facebook and I had somebody respond I'm like, well, the numbers say regardless. Well, I don't care what the numbers say. I'm telling you what I believe. The numbers can say one thing. The numbers, they say numbers don't lie. Uh, sometimes numbers can lie. If you look at the numbers and you're looking for a specific narrative, that you can take these take numbers and be like, yeah, look, I know what I'm talking about. But if you look back and a bigger picture of this and you really sit down and think about it, these people, they're getting money from people that weren't willing to pay the money and they were getting the product for free. So what makes you think these people are going to stay long-term unless you're giving them a reason to stay long-term, which I don't think Netflix does. Like I said, they don't have sports and they don't have live television. Those are two reasons why people, why I watch YouTube TV every single day, live television and for sports. So, I mean, if you're investing in Netflix, um, you know, all the best to you. Uh, I hope well. Um, but for me, I am being very patient with Disney and I 100% Disney think Tans going to turn this thing around. Number one, they, um, they have ESPN. I think ESPN is a great asset and they're going to turn that around and make that very profitable, um, by partnering. And it looks like they're going to partner with one of these big tech companies. My guess is probably going to be Apple. Um, especially as Apple's going through a lot right now. I think if you're an Apple, uh, shareholder, you, you need to buckle up your seats because I've sold a lot. Of, before, I was heavy into um, Apple. I, um, but as I've gotten wiser and learned to diversify, and I think it makes more sense for me to buy shares of the S&P 500 um, and then buy shares, um, or excuse me, I buy ETF VOO, and then I buy shares of... VIG, the Vanguard Dividend um, ETF, and that has shares of Microsoft and Apple in there. And then I have like a one share of Apple that I bought back early either last year or this year. And then the, the price was great, just one share. And it's, it's such a great price, I didn't want to get rid of it. Same thing, Microsoft. I have two shares at a really great price. Um, I got it at and held on to it. I'm not getting rid of those. So I'm just waiting for it to, to fall significantly again, which... I hate to say this, but I'm pretty sure I'm, excuse me, I'm not pretty sure of anything. I'm thinking that Apple might be in some trouble. A lot of these big tech tech companies, I think they're going to consolidate pretty sharply um, here um, as earnings season 
continues. So we'll see if they, if they don't, then that's great because, um, they're the ones that keeping the economy and everything afloat. But if they do, then buckle your seatbelts, guys. You want to be into a, like consumer staples. I had Pepsi, um, but I moved out of Pepsi and moved to Coca-Cola. Um, Pepsi is a little expensive. Coke, um, a lot more affordable for me, how I want to play it um, with the money that I'm investing. So uh, I'm I'm investing in Coca-Cola. I'll play the beverages rather than the 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 snacks and shit excuse me and things like that um that's just that's just my play so netflix um long term i'm not feeling too confident about that um and the economy itself it's looking a little rough um so you guys if you're if you're wondering why are these stocks going down 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 you want to be mindful of the 10 year um Treasury yield and that thing, once it's close to 5%, it is hard for stocks to go up. Um, only thing that's really been going up is consumer staples, like I said, um, Coca Cola and med- medical companies seem like they're doing all right. Um, another uh stock that I, I i love is Roblox and it seems to be holding on pretty strong, um, right now, uh, as well. I'm looking forward to them reporting third quarter. Um, if they have any type of um, positive remarks or the numbers look good, any surprises, I think Roblox might um, fly up another 10, 20 percent um, once once they report. All right, poker. It is poker's getting on my nerves this week. I am getting kind of getting my teeth kicked in to be quite honest with you not really i'm stuck let's see at least two buy-ins i finally booked a win today but of course i book a win and i play a hand uh it's a hundred dollars in the pot i turn the the nut straight with uh i have, I have 10 nine i turned the a 10 high straight with a flush draw there's a club draw on the board. There's two clubs and there's two hearts on the board. Um, I have the nut straight, $100 in the pot. I bet 70 And another player calls and basically he he basically says, I'm calling and I have a pair in a flush draw. He basically told me what he had. Um, and then um, River comes. It's not the club. It's the heart that comes. And so at this point, I'm like, well, I have 50-50 shot. I said, last thing I want to do, he's not really a player that's going to, I don't think, fire him and and bluff on the river. So I guess I probably, I could have checked. I really could have checked, but also I'm not going to, if I'm not going to just put somebody in a box either. So I didn't really even allow him that luxury. Um, the heart came. So it was a, well, it's 50, 50. He either had the club draw with me, which is even better because, um, he was drawn pretty thin because I had clubs too, or he had the hearts. So I, I bet 70 into a hundred dollar pot. Um, he called, so now we have 140 plus 100. There's 240 in the pot. Um, the river, I bet $70 again, and he makes it 150. And so I was like, I just I fold. Like I'm not, what hand is making 150 there um, with the heart? And there was it was a it was a queen of hearts. And I'm trying to remember what the board was. It was six, seven, eight, king, queen. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what the board was. Six, seven, eight, king, queen. And so, I mean, if someone's dumb enough to bet 
Min Ray's with King Queen there. I mean, he guess he could, but I'm pretty sure that's not what he has. Um, he has a flush. And he after the, his remarks after the fact, he said he had a flush. And so like, it's just silly hands like that. I was pretty much done at the end of my session, and then I played that hand, and of course... Um, yeah, so I'll lose $200 profit. That was pretty much the profit that I had for that day. Um, I was playing a couple more hands and then I lost another hand. So I had an opportunity to finally turn things around. Um, but of course I play one hand where I had really good, pretty good chances to win the hand. But of course, you know, variance is just kicking me in the butt. Um, so I lost 500, then 164, then 111. So yeah, it's not. Not good. And then today I had $28 session. Um, so, yeah, I'm not not really in a happy mood right now, but that's, you know, that's how it goes. I'm not playing bad. Um, I wouldn't say, if anything, it was like, all right, well, I could have, I didn't have to call that $30 bet on the river or he, how many bluffs does he have here, things like that. As nothing, I look back and was like, yeah, Claude, why the fuck, excuse me. <laughs> Claude, why did you play? See, you guys can see how I'm really feeling. <laughs> how I'm really feeling about these hands. I'm like, Claude, why did you, you know, why did you bet there? Why would you do that? There's not any of that. It's just kind of like, oh, it's just like you guys just always have it. You finally, you're just continuously having the cards. You just keep getting here, keep getting there. So it's that's how things are going right now. I mean, two XP expected. I've been smacking these promotions like lucky tables and high hands like once a week. So I'm going to hit a little bit of turbulence as long as I'm in the right mindset, um, continuing to play, uh, my hands correctly. You know, things are going to turn around. Um, it's just, it just sucks though, because you want to, you on a good run and you, you know, you double up, uh, you get, you know, you win your full buy-in. And then instead of continuing playing, cause it's a, it's a, it's a really juicy game. I'm like, now I'm like almost content. I'm like, all right, no, all right, we doubled up. Let's go home. Like, so I'm that, that gun shy right now. Um, so I hate that feeling where I, I, I can take, I'm, and I was talking to someone about this, uh, kind of this mindset as well. They were talking about a player that loses a lot, but then when they win, they like double up and then they go home. Well, I don't want that either. I don't, well, I minimize my losses. And so I'm not worried about that. I don't lose infinite amounts, but I don't like capping myself too. But it's also very difficult when you're in a poker room and you feel like you're better than 90% of the players. So I can go in there every day and every table, there's always going to be somebody that's, um, you know, willing to give away their money. So it's tough. Uh, It's tough life as a, semi-professional poker player you got to be patient you got to be smart you got to have a plan but hopefully we turn this thing around and up if i don't I'm not positive this week at least get back to um get back to even at least um or just stuck less than one buy-in that would be that would make me happy as well um so wish me luck i only really have i don't want to play Football, or excuse me, I don't want to play poker Sunday because I want to go to this Ravens game if I can find a good ticket and a good price. And there's so many like one o'clock games, the the Ravens, the Lions game, and then Sunday night, um, the Philly Miami game. Oh my, this is good games on this weekend. Um, so last thing I want to do is be like locked in in a poker table. I'm not paying attention. I'm just watching the game. Um, so. 
We'll see. We'll see. I had to have a super Saturday. Um, no podcast or anything, so I don't have to come home. I, might, I can literally just play all day Saturday. I might even just go back a little bit later today um, and play some cards as well. Maybe play some 2-5. Maybe the 2-5 games are juicy and I'll go over there, double up, and, and uh, turn some things around. We'll see. All right, movie review, Killers of the Flower Moon. This is the Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio movie. I watched all three and a half hours of it. If you saw Oppenheimer, it, uh, I thought it was a lot more uh, entertaining and enjoyable than Oppenheimer. So for what it's worth. And I just think how they told the story, the visuals, everything about it was very authentic, very, very well done. It seems like they laid in just, you know, for lack of a better word, half-ass it and kind of like tell the story, like a whitewash story of this. No, they they went into the the community and and they figured out exactly how, from their perspective, I guess, what the the truths were, and then they and then Mark Scorsese put that to to film. And so this was a great uh, acting the. I don't know her name, but the um, the the woman that plays uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's wife, um, she she was excellent in this film. I w- if anybody I would say was need deserved an Oscar or anything like that would be her. I don't think that Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't think that um, Robert De Niro. I don't think that their acting was over the like exceptional or anything like that. But I thought that she did an amazing job. If anybody deserved the best. Um, who was the best who did the best acting I guess would be would be her out of that um, out of the film but it was a very a very good film uh, to be honest I'd watch it again I think it was good it might be something I didn't pick up and, and missed um, kind of like a I'm I guess like murder mystery but at the same time you you already knew what was what was really going on um, um, throughout the throughout the movie so but I just like the way it was done tastefully um, and it looked like it was historically accurate. Um, so if you ever get a chance to see it, um, it's in theaters, definitely see it, but it's definitely in something that you, a movie you don't have to go see in theaters. I use my, um, my credit card. I put pretty much everything on my credit card. And so I get points and then I, so I use my points to get AMC gift cards and I pretty much go to the movies, uh, essentially for free. I guess for, for movies like this, I enjoy going to watching movies, big blockbuster movies on the big screen. There's something I always enjoy doing. Um, and it seems like there's a lot more movies that are coming out this, um, the end of this year that I actually don't mind going to theaters and paying to see opposed to just waiting for it to come, um, on your streaming, uh, platforms and watch them from home. Um, so definitely check it out. Uh, support, um, a great director, um, and great actors. All right, and last but not least, Lions, Ravens. Um, and I think this line, the line is plus three Detroit, and I don't really understand why. Um, maybe because they saw that Montgomery was banged up. Um, but if you've watched the Lions at all this season, there's, I don't know, not one person, not one analyst who's can objectively look at the games and tell you that the the Ravens are a favorite. Whether at home or away, it doesn't matter. The Ravens are not a favorite to win this game. Um, Montgomery is not going to play, but Jameer Gibbs looks like he's going to be healthy. Um, he had he's 
He's carried the workload once when uh, Montgomery was down, and he had a pretty productive game. I don't believe it was a defense like the Ravens' defense, um, but uh, I, Jameer Gibbs is one of those players. He only needs a little bit of uh, light in order to break one, and he hasn't broke one yet this season. Uh, I'm not saying that he's going to break one against the Ravens, but he has the potential to re- to really bust one open. And to be quite honest with you, I don't think that they need um, Jameer Gibbs to be a a rock star in order for them to win this game. They can put the ball in Jared Goff's hands with Amon Ross Brown. Um, we have Josh Reynolds, uh, Jamison Williams. He had a clutch um, touchdown grab. Uh, Marvin Jones is even buried in our uh, Reynolds. Um, we have plenty of wide receivers that um, can get to. Oh, I didn't even mention tight end Laporta. So we have so many weapons on offense. Um, and if we really wanted to, um, we could have Jameer catching the ball in the backfield too and use that as like the run game as well. So there's so many ways that uh, that the offensive coordinator could use, um, could play could play this um, this Sunday and maybe give um, some different looks. I know earlier this season they were talking about moving Jameer Gibbs around all these crazy places, and we really haven't seen, I don't think, that too much. So maybe that's something they can open up and they're talking about and thinking about for this game. But um, Lions plus three, I'm going to wait till tomorrow afternoon um, to – uh, to see what the injury report looks like. Um, but it looks like Gibbs is definitely playing, and I don't see anybody else creep up on the uh, injury report for the Lions. Um, I'm definitely probably firing this by at least minimum $100. Um, so typically, if it's a $100 bet, I'm very confident about it. I don't bet more than really $100 on on trying to predict a football game. Um, I, I'm very, very, very confident. Um, the Lions, at least plus three, getting three points. If Detroit loses, it won't be by much. Maybe like one or two points. Um, I think three points is a lot of points. If you somehow tease it and get good odds, whoo, or if you can get one of these profit boosts, a lot of times they give you, um, and you get plus three in a profit boost, so you're getting like plus 100 or like plus 110, definitely do it. Even if it's for $25, that's a good bet. Um Again, guys, disclaimer, the information provided in the show about personal finance, sports betting, anything like that, guys, investing is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered financial advice. Viewers are encouraged to consult with a qualified financial which financial advisor, which is not myself, before making any investment decisions. The content presented may not be accurate, complete, or timely, and we do not assume responsibility for any errors or omissions. Investing involves risk and past performance is not indicative of future results. Any endorsements or advertisements featured do not constitute recommendations. And by participating in the show, you acknowledge and accept these disclaimers. Um, so I appreciate y'all and uh, listening to me for 46 minutes um, today. I know <laughs> a lot of it was just kind of me ranting. And so if you, if guys, if you're listening to this podcast all the way through, I want to know, tap in with me, reach out um, on Instagram, um, leave me a review on the podcast. Go to my website, allinsociety.com. Click one of the emails and leave, excuse me, click one of the links and leave your email. And I'll definitely touch in with you. I'm going to cater to you, whatever you want me to discuss. If you're watching these and you're downloading these episodes and you're listening every episode or any of the episodes from start to finish, that means you are, you are my audience. You are my viewer. And I want to provide 
something that is valuable to you. So please let me know. I'll, I will curate something that is something that you guys enjoy for those of you that consume it. The things that you don't like, let me know if you don't like it. The things that you do like, please let me know and I will double down on that. Um, please don't forget to tune in every Tuesdays on YouTube, All in Society and Friends. I plan on uh, having some special guests this week as well. I try to have a guest every week, but sometimes it doesn't plan out, guys. I try to have the, the live shows Tuesday. So if you do have questions, you can just jump in the chat and ask some of the, the folks that are that I'm interviewing or just bring it on to have a good time. Um, I, I'm trying, trying to provide value and help you guys out any way possible. This is not a poker podcast. This is a podcast about life. I'm just using poker to kind of open your mind and make you think about things from a different perspective. Because poker is, is, it is an amazing game, a game and it's a game that is worldwide. Um, remember, life is one big session. Play the cards you're dealt to the best of your ability, and I promise you'll come out ahead. Have a wonderful weekend.